I'm going to read these and at some point my eye is going to start twitching because there is blasphemy that takes place here. There is gross idolatry that takes place in these prayers and these should really convict and give an uck feeling to anyone that is devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it should be very distasteful. But I'm going to read them so we can get our mouth, just our minds full of this for a second. The Hail Mary. Because I be worried about your soul. Why you still be doubting you got a soul? Like you need to see to believe these things. But you believe things that you've never seen. Like feelings and hopes and dreams. The future emotions and gravity. And sadly, everything you're rejecting makes this whole life a tragedy. And I got something to say. I got something to say. I got something to say to the world. And I got a place to make. I got Welcome to the Milk and Meat Podcast. My name is Carlos Bautista. And I'm with my brothers. Alo. And Andrew. And today we are here to talk about a uh, very special topic, in a sense, uh, branching out a little bit more in what we've been doing. Uh, we've reviewed some videos in the past, and we've gotten a lot of good feedback. Uh, recently, a video has been sent um, into our group chat, and we really wanted to touch on this particular subject, um, talking about um, praying to, to, in particular, Mary, as Roman Catholics do. Um, they're taught that this is a, a an act that should be done um, with reverence to Mary, and we just kind of want to break down this particular video. One thing, however, that I want to do is take a little bit of time and congratulate uh, Brother Aldo. Oh. He he recently got got baptized, um, and this was actually not scripted. Uh, it just kind of popped in my head that I that I was witness to it, and I just um, want to give glory to God for yes. for that. No, yeah, it was a long time coming for sure. Uh, it wasn't a decision that was made overnight. Uh, maybe that's something we could cover on another topic. But yes, I thank you. And I'm very grateful uh, to God for that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Glory so uh, this video, it's, it's someone that I don't even think I follow him, but um, his stuff keeps popping up because I watch his videos. He is on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube pretty much wherever else you could find him. And the uh, the profile is voice of reason underscore clips, at least on Instagram, that's where you'll find him. And um, he identifies as a Byzantine Catholic, so basically Eastern Orthodox Catholic, and um, has about 30,000 followers or so. So his, his videos are actually getting out there. People are clicking, liking, subscribing, and watching. And for that reason, because this is such an outright incorrect statement and explanation that he gives about something, we thought this would be a good little short video to break down. And we're going to break down some different aspects of it, but here it is. We're going to play it real quick, and uh, we will go from there. And here we go. Jesus is our mediator, not Mary. Again, yeah, Jesus is our mediator. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, where it says that Jesus is our mediator, if you just keep reading on, go to verse 6. It says that Jesus is our mediator who died for our salvation. So, yeah, Jesus is the one mediator who actually died and paid the price for our sins. Catholics don't believe that Mary died for our sins. We don't believe that she died and rose from the dead like Jesus. And guess what? We don't believe that Mary is a mediator. Mary is an intercessor. Big difference. Okay, so that's him. That's his video. Sometimes they're as short as that, which I think is really convenient for the short attention span people we have nowadays. So he's doing 
a good job in grabbing people's attention and keeping it for that short period of time, making those statements. However, we just want to respond and say, I don't know if he doesn't understand the difference between mediation and intercessor. Um, if he intentionally, uh, to kind of skirt around it, if he stated um, that uh, she didn't die for the sin, so that's the only thing that mediator means, or if he's just using that as an emphasis. Uh, but here's um, here's what, for example, the I, the definition of mediator is. In Oxford English Dictionary, mediator is defined as a person to intervene between two parties, especially for the purpose of effecting reconciliation, an intercessor. Okay, and then intercessor is defined in Oxford English Dictionary as one that intercedes with God for man, a mediator. So they really are like able to be used for each other, those terms. Now, the work applied, the, the deeds performed by Christ, his mediatorial role on the cross, his mediation now as he intercedes for us uh, before the Father, that's unique. However, the actual mediation uh, is done in various ways. It's done by us as we pray for people, we intercede, we are mediating for them. So when this man states um, that, um, that Mary didn't die on the cross, she didn't die for our sins, it's as if he's saying this is all that mediation could be, it has to be that. It's like, no, and then he says, well, it's not that, it's intercessor. Uh, so I just wanted to touch on the fact that um, that, that, that isn't a proper, proper exposition of that for him. So he basically skirts around and saying, no, Mary's not the mediator, but she is this. And that's different. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not the same thing. Big, she, he said big difference. We can yeah. see the end of the video. Big difference. Um, however, that's not true at all. Um, even though we, I mean, we could say Christ is our great intercessor. He is our great mediator. That is the same meaning to that. I don't know if anybody would define it differently, but the dictionary doesn't. Yeah, I, I was, it's funny because it, I don't know why I didn't think about this when I was doing my notes for this particular video, but I actually talked, um, to my young people about interceding, you know, mm -hmm. who intercedes for us. And we were talking about Christ as our intercessor. Um, and, and we were, we touched a very, 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 very tiny bit on this part. I, th I think my, my main key takeaway, if I can solve or, or, or really put everything in one uh, point is that praying to Mary is, is is praying to a dead person because we need to we need to understand biblically that all who have passed on before us are currently asleep that is what scripture says that is what that's what we're taught so talking to someone who's dead and i don't know if catholics believe that mm -hmm. um, i know that there are some uh denominations in christianity um that follow truth and that don't follow truth that that truly believe that this uh, as soon as you die you're taken up to heaven and you're with the lord but scripture says it otherwise that according to first thessalonians 4 16 um and i actually want to pull it up uh 
I'll actually start with 13. And this is in a time this where, where uh, the church was kind of questioning. They were talking about the end times, Christ, and all that good stuff. And they were really worried that their family members, their loved ones, the, their, their brothers and sisters in Christ would miss the rapture. You know, they would miss the return of the Lord. So um, in this in this letter, we 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 see it says, uh, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep. Keep key keyword are they are currently asleep so that you will not grieve as indeed the rest of mankind do who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, so also God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For we say this to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who remain, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. The primary part here, or, 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 or the focus here, is uh, 16. That with the trumpet of God, with, with uh, he will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. That has not happened yet. Okay, mm -hmm. so Christ coming with the trumpet of God, with a shout. I don't know how it's gonna ha happen. I don't know if he's gonna come in, uh, like when your kid is trying to wake you up, running in and runs to your room and like shouts like all crazy. I don't know how he's gonna shout. I don't know what that trumpet is gonna sound like. I kind of like mess around in my head sometimes, and maybe I shouldn't. I feel like I'm gonna get stricken with lightning sometimes. But can you imagine that archangel who's gonna? blow the trumpet and misses a note like you have one job dude <laughs> that's not scripture though this is just kind of me and no, kind of no. the way that i think that's carlos <laughs> imposing human frailty on, 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 divine, on, angels. on divine yeah <laughs> beings created by the divine but um anyways so that but that hasn't happened yet okay right. the dead who have passed on in christ they're asleep um, we, we witnessed recently a, a beautiful funeral, a celebration of life for a dear sister who has passed on in the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the pastor preached a very well, a beautiful sermon um, about uh, our, our, our death in Christ, the resurrection, how it'll happen. Uh, just, just a beautiful ser sermon about it. And the understanding is that they are currently asleep. That is the same depiction that we see with uh lazarus and the rich man in the parable where lazarus is resting in in uh with abraham he's but he's resting a lot of people say oh but he's in the bosom of abraham he's currently up there he's but he's resting the only one who's awake and alive and and conscious of what's going on is the the rich man who died in his sin and was being tormented okay for the christian though when we pass on, when we die, we're asleep. That's what Jesus told uh, uh, Jairus when he goes to his daughter. That's what Jesus tells that, tells Mary about her brother, Lazarus. Mm -hmm. He's asleep. I'm sorry. He tells his disciples he's asleep. Um, she's asleep. They're asleep. They have no consciousness of what's going on right now. 
But if we're looking at this, there is no saint currently in heaven um, interceding on our behalf. We have an intercessor. We have a mediator with the Father, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll touch on that real quick because the reason that the Thessalonians needed to be encouraged this way is... Uh, because they had false teachers following Paul's ministry. I was trying to rebuke him. Like he'd go to one place and then people from the previous city would come and try to like stir up all the Jews. It was pretty reckless. Uh, but even second Timothy two sixteen to 18, this is Paul again, speaking to Timothy towards the end of his ministry. And he says, Hey, but avoid worldly and empty chatter for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus men who have gone astray from the truth saying that the resurrection has already taken place and they upset the faith of some. So the idea that we could see in uh, Thessalonians is the same sort of admonition, encouragement, because their teaching, their false teaching has spread to all parts where Paul was going. So Paul is reminding them, like, don't worry, the resurrection hasn't taken place. Those who are asleep, you're not not left behind. I mean, there was this idea of the imminence of Christ's return, even in the very earliest stages of the foundation of the church. So people expected Christ is going to come right now. He's going to come mm-hmm. right now. So when someone would die, and then someone said the resurrection took place, people would be like, well, what, am I, what am I still doing here? Like, I'm giving up. I have no hope. There's nothing else. So that, that teaching, that expectation, I think uh, it's from the, uh, the book of Revelation where the idea that uh, the prayers of the saints are coming right. up before the, the, uh, the presence of God. However, that... That is an imagery that speaks about the prayers of those that are um, persecuted. It speaks about in the in the last days, uh, especially during the Great Tribulation, mm-hmm. uh, what will be taking place. But that is not a direct correlation to what is an ongoing scene in heaven at this mm-hmm. very moment. Yeah. There's so much imagery. There's so much uh, symbolism that if you just take that, then then you can distort so many sections of Scripture. Because that's that's where they're coming from. However, they they uh, the Roman Catholic Church kind of incorporates every single saint that they verify and put the stamp of approval on, saying he's a saint. He's now praying for us, and now we can also pray to him so he can pray for us. And they become saints. They become canonized and all that stuff. Uh, so the idea is that everyone that's dead and that's a saint, like highly favored by the Roman Catholic Church. They are now immediately forever your intercessors, and they are one more person. It's like, it's like polytheism to the it, max. Pretty much, you yeah. find a new god every single time a, a, an appointed or approved person dies. It becomes polytheistic in that essence. Yeah, and uh, Mary takes a very special place in that, right? It's so, I mean, I'm ignorant when it comes to Catholicism. There's a lot I don't know because I haven't really studied into Catholicism yeah. all that much. I know that um, my mother came out of it, and uh, she's explained a few things to me. Um, so, right, you're saying about the saints. Uh, so is Mary in a higher position than the rest of the saints, or is she equal yeah, to Yeah, she's them? venerated sometimes over and, over and above God in some of the, the way that she's expressed towards. Even right. though Roman Catholics will clearly say, no, no, of course not. That's why we're going to re- read from some of their catechisms, some of their uh, mm-hmm. Hail Mary prayers. Just to see how do they speak to her, even in their official doctrine. Right. So, okay. So that's what I want to point to, just so we kind of get our clue around, and then we'll be able to comment mm-hmm. on that. So I'll okay. get into that real quick, if you're okay with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah go just, for it. just so we can kind of get our head around the uh, the approach. So uh, the Catholic Catechism is used 
in conjunction with the Bible, but it's used as, as their main teaching method. This is how they teach the Bible. They use the catechism and then they show the, where the Bible says it. They don't use the Bible and then supplement it with the catechism. It's actually vice versa. It's the catechism and then the Bible is used as proof texts. So um, catechism, question number 142, what is the work of the Spirit, capital S, in Mary? The Holy Spirit brought to fulfillment in Mary all the waiting and the preparation of the Old Testament for the coming of Christ. In a singular way, he filled her with grace and made her virginity fruitful so that she could give birth to the Son of God made flesh. He made her the mother, capital M, of the whole Christ, that is, of Jesus, the head of the church, his body. Mary was present with the Twelve on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit inaugurated the last days with the manifestation of the church. So that's the idea of, of Mary um, as, as how they're appointing her through the Spirit in that essence. Um, question number 546 and 547. 546, how did the Virgin Mary pray? Mary's prayer was characterized by faith and by the generous offering of her whole being to God. The capital M, mother of Jesus, is also the new Eve, the mother of all the living. She prays to Jesus for the needs of all people. Question 547, is there a prayer of Mary in the gospel? Along with the prayer of Mary at Cana in Galilee, the gospel gives us the Magnificant, which is Mary praising God for this gift of being able to bear the the son of god um the gospel gives us the magnificat uh which is the song both of the mother of god and of the church the joyous thanksgiving that rises from the hearts of the poor because their hope is met by the fulfillment of the divine promises there's nothing too horrible about everything even though there's a stretch in a lot of those things and some identification she is not the mother of the church she's not the new eve she's not the mother of all living um but some of the other statements are in line now now it gets gets a little bit more intense and a little bit later so let me see uh question 562 and 563 562 how is christian prayer marian meaning how does it pertain to mary uh, because of her singular cooperation with the action of the holy spirit the church loves to pray to mary and with Mary, the perfect prayer, and to magnify and invoke the Lord with her. Mary, in effect, shows us the way who is her son, the one and only mediator. Question 563. How does the church pray to Mary? Above all, with the Hail Mary, that's the main prayer, the prayer with which the church asks the intercession of the Virgin. Other Marian prayers are the Rosary, the Akathistos hymn, the Paraclesis, and the hymns and canticles of diverse Christian traditions. So that's what the that's what the Catholic Catechism has to say about Mary. In essence, um, at the very bottom, at the very end of the Catholic Catechism, they actually have many of these prayers. They have prayers in times of trouble, this and that, and they have specific. Uh, ones dedicated to Mary. And I just want to read through some of those just so we kind of, unless you want me to pause real quick. But I just want our, to get the full thrust of the Catholic teaching, Roman Catholic teaching on uh, Marian prayers. So, here we go. The Hail Mary. Now, 
I'm going to read these and at some point my eye is going to start twitching because there is blasphemy that takes place here. There is gross idolatry that takes place in these prayers and these should really convict and give an uck feeling to anyone that is devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, this should be very distasteful. But I'm going to read them so we can get our mouth, just our minds full of this for a second. The Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So this is asking for Mary to actually be the provider of those prayers. Um, it's a deep trust in Mary. It's really having her be the intercessor. It's just kind of tacking Jesus' name in there, kind of like, hey, you know, he's there, kind of a spectacle, but this isn't to Jesus. This is actually like, you know, add that benefit to me relating to you. Um, next one we'll touch on is the Regina Caeli. I don't even know if I pronounced that right, but the Regina Caeli. There's a UK version and there's a USA version. I'll read it all. UK version. Queen of heaven. Yeah. If we, Old Testament speaks about the Israelites worshiping the queen of heaven with raisin cakes or the cakes to the queen of heaven. So that was an idea, not of the reality that there is a queen of heaven, but it was a rebuke saying you're worshiping some female idea of God and you spit in God's face. And they just apply that term confidently to Mary. Queen of heaven, rejoice. Hallelujah. For he whom you were worthy to bear, hallelujah, has risen and he said, hallelujah, pray for us to God, hallelujah. So Mary, you pray for us to God. USA version, queen of heaven, rejoice, hallelujah, the son who you merited to bear, hallelujah. So she earned to bear Christ, has risen and he said, hallelujah, rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, hallelujah, for the Lord has truly risen, hallelujah. In both versions, they conclude in this way. Let us pray. O God, who through the resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, did vouchsafe to give joy to the world, grant, we beseech you, that through his mother, the Virgin Mary, we may obtain the joys of everlasting life. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. So they always add, and through Christ, and they're always toppling it in that way, and I think it's very strange. Mm -hmm. um, Hail, Holy Queen is the name of this prayer. This is, again, at the very bottom, at the very final part of the Catholic Catechism. This is their teaching. Children are taught to read this and believe this. Hail, Holy Queen. You have a UK vet version. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. Hail our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy toward us. And after this, our exile, show us, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. So Mary is capital A advocate here. She's literally identified in this as advocate. Um, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O Clement, O loving, O Clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Um, the U.S. version is similar. Um, what else we got? Under your protection prayer. Where is that? Under your protection. 
reads, We fly to thy protection, O holy, capital M, Mother of God. Despite not our petition, despise not our petitions in our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. And we have the Memorari. I don't think I pronounced that correct either. Um, where is it? There it is. It reads, Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Jeez. So that is that is in there's there's more. There's several more, but those are the ones specifically pointing to Mary in the actual catechism, which teaches what the Bible means in their essence. What a idea. what a you know they really do follow the pattern of every other false uh christian movement or teaching teaching where they basically just replace jesus yeah um but they that's, keep them in there He's right just kind of there tacked on yeah. as like a safety guard for anyone that thinks oh no mary can't be worshipped like let's i mean the the devil is not an idiot mm -hmm. he's crafty and wise in all the wrong ways so he's gonna continue to have things in false theology that incorporate aspects of truth that the ignorant and unlearned will just grab on and say, it's safe. Why? It said Jesus' name. It said this. Yeah. That's why we have false movements. You say Jesus' name and you're, you're all in. Mm -hmm. But then there's mysticism and all this heresy in the background. Idolatry. And, idolatry. Yeah. So, so uh, one, one more real quick. Uh, well, four more. But let me just... <laughs> <laughs> um, these are prayers that I found online. Um, some of these come from... What is it? From catholicdoors.com. Um, so this one is called a prayer of atonement for neglecting to honor Mary. So this is you saying, God, please forgive me. I, I didn't pray to Mary lately. That's crazy. There isn't even a prayer for neglecting to, you know, praise God, but Mary. So it says, Lord, forgive all reviling of Mary's name. We beseech thee, hear us. Lord, forgive all contempt of her immaculate conception. By immaculate, I just want you guys to know. Immaculate, I'm not sure if you already know this, but the immaculate conception is not the Catholic way of saying Jesus Christ was the God-man born in an incredible way. This isn't about Jesus. The Immaculate Conception is about Mary being a sinless born creature of God. Like she was sinless and born that way. That's interesting. So that, that's when we say the Immaculate. That's not talking about the virgin birth. That's talking about Mary's birth. So wow. that's, that's praising her. I didn't know that. Yeah. Lord, forgive all contempt of her Immaculate Conception. So when Protestants, when Christians, you know, biblical people actually say Mary was not born perfect, sinless. She was not this. It, it's teaching Catholics to like anathematize that. So when they hear Protestants speak, they're already so, in, well, to some extent, they're basically trained to say, that's the bad guys. Just like, you know, when we were in previous church, anybody has got a ring, oh, they're heathens. Right. Uh, woman's got short hair, oh, she's got pants, <laughs> she's going to hell. Like, the, the idea of, like, just adding these, like, pointers of what somebody is that has nothing to do with the Bible, 
and then saying, oh, that's a, that's a rebukable offense. Uh, that's basically what they're taught even through these prayers. Lord, forgive all coldness in the honoring of Mary. We beseech thee, hear us. Lord, forgive all contempt of Mary's pictures. You're not allowed to hate idolatry. Uh, we beseech thee, hear us. Lord, forgive all neglect of the holy rosary. We beseech thee, hear us. Lord, forgive all indifference to Mary's motherly love. So, and this is f from the pilgrimage of the Two Heart booklet published in Australia. Here's another one. Um, active oblation or acts of uh, praise or thanksgiving to Mary. My queen, my mother, I give thee all myself, and to show my devotion to thee, I consecrate to thee my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my entire self. Wherefore, O loving mother, as I am thine own, keep me, defend me as thy property and possession. Another version. August Queen of Heaven, Sovereign Queen of Angels, you who at the beginning received from God the power and the mission to crush the head of Satan, she crushed the head of Satan, we beseech you humbly, send your holy legions so that on your orders and by your power they will track down demons, fight them everywhere, curb their audacity and plunge them into the abyss. Who can be compared to God? O oh, good and tender mother, you will always be our love and our hope. So Mary is God here. Right. That is strictly speaking about Mary. Who can be compared to God? Mother? Like, that's the way they're speaking about it. Oh, divine mother, send the holy angels and archangels to defend me and to keep the cruel enemy far from me. Holy angels and archangels defend us, protect us. Um, one more I just want to read because the basic statement that this man made in the video was that she is not our mediator. So here is a prayer about her being the mediator. Uh, this is called Consecration to Mary, Mediatrix of All Grace. That's like their version of saying mediator. O Mary, most holy and immaculate, mother of God, of Jesus, our victim high priest, true prophet and sovereign king. I love how they you know, find a way to praise Jesus and then they obliterate that praise because they honor Mary more. I come to you as the mediatrix of all grace, for that is truly what you are. O fountain of all grace, O fairest of roses, most pure spring, unsullied channel of all of God's grace, receive me, most holy mother. Present me and my every need to the most holy trinity, that having been made pure and holy in his sight through your hands, they may return to me through you as graces and blessings. I give and consecrate myself to you, Mary, mediatrix of all grace, that Jesus, our one true mediator, who is the king of all nations, may reign in every heart. So it's like there's this like, oh, this one historical event that Jesus did. He was just that pitiful just just victim. That's why in so much Roman Catholic artwork, Jesus is always so pitiful. Yeah. He's always lame. He's always skinny, just breathes dead in yeah. her arms, and she's just carrying a corpse, and she's glowing. Yeah. It's an it's entire replacement of who God is, and it's just a real massacre to the reality and identity of who God is. Real quick, where did you read that? Where was that from? Those, uh, uh, from Catholic... Prayers? Yeah, Catholic okay. doors. So I, I, I looked up uh, Marian prayers, and you'll have some from the famous popes of the past. And, you know, when a pope prays, his words, if they're written down, they're, they're divine. Right. They are infallible. Uh, so there's popes who, uh, who worship Mary more than other popes. Uh, there was this one pope who had an M carved on his uh, coffin because he, wor he, he was known as, like, 
Mariology was like his thing, the study of Mary, the worship, the praise of Mary. He was just like crazy about her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he even had a big M carved on his um, on his coffin to worship Mary one last time. Um, wow. So yeah, you, you look it up and you'll find all these uh, dedicated um, dedicated uh, prayers and uh, statements about and for and in support of Mary. Um, this can only be done um, because... Roman Catholicism teaches the Ten Commandments differently from what the Bible actually states. Now, their Bible has the Ten Commandments and it has the two references. You got Exodus and Deuteronomy. But even their catechism teaches it in a different way. So, for example, in the very um, outline of the catechism, you can go online, Roman Catholic catechism, they got all the sections, God, you know, sin, this and that. In section two, it says the Ten Commandments, and the sections are broken down like this. Chapter one, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. First commandment, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. I think a Christian that reads this Bible should know there's something off. Yeah. Because that's not the second commandment. That's the third commandment per scripture. Uh, Third commandment, remember to keep the uh, holy, the Lord's day. Ninth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Tenth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's possessions. So they end up with ten commandments by splitting the last commandment into two and by by, by merging the first commandment, which refers to idols and images and symbols, into the first one. And they don't even mention it because they say don't have any other gods. Mm -hmm. And they don't even mention the symbols. They don't mention the statues. They don't mention the idolatry. And then they split the coveting. So this is their teaching. And here's how it goes. Uh, just one, one last reference so we know what we're looking at. Uh, question 445. What does God prohibit by his command? You shall have no other gods before me. And it says this commandment for, forbids polytheism and idolatry, uh, superstition, irreligion, atheism, agnosticism. And then question number 446. Does the commandment of God, you shall not make for yourself a, a graven image, forbid the cult of images and the answer is in the old testament this commandment forbade any representation of god who is absolutely transcendent the christian veneration of sacred images however is justified by the incarnation of the son of god so because god became a man in christ now you're allowed to make images so we can violate the ten commandments because such veneration is founded on the mystery of the son of god made man in whom the transcendent god is made visible this does not mean the adoration of an image but rather the veneration of the one who is represented in it. For example, Christ, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and angels and saints. And then if we go further down to where it talks about the last uh, two commandments, it says commandment number four, five, six. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Seventh commandment. Ninth commandment. Ninth commandment here is listed as you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, which is not the ninth commandment, it's the tenth commandment. And then tenth commandment is identified as you shall not covet your neighbor's possessions. So in essence, they everything in their theology, including their catechism, which is the answer to the Bible, um, positions itself in such a way that it is acceptable, it is appropriate, it is right to perform these venerations as if they are not worship as if they are not praises which is what worship is you are you are you are centering god as the reason for your being and doing and acting and believing and living you're you're prioritizing him as the goal and the purpose and the one whom you are doing these things towards that is worship and they find different words saying oh well that's worship if it's you say i 
worship you god and everything else is veneration mm-hmm. uh it's 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 strange it's like the venial the the what are the other sins the you get you got the venial which are like forgivable and then you got the the mortal sins those you can't be forgiven of like they 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 do everything with that they make sins some of them okay some of them not okay even though all sin brings death so because i've been worried about yourself why you still be doubting you got a soul like you need to see to believe these things but you believe things that you've never seen the feelings and hopes and dreams the future emotions and gravity and sadly everything you're rejecting makes this whole life a tragedy and i got something to say i got something to say i got